And now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Road Show right here on Truckers Radio USA. I'm Roger Isles. I'm Leo Isles. And we are the, the Derriers. We're just driving up and down the highways and byways and the four-lane highways and the interstates all over America. Yep. All over America. All over America. That's just right. looking for some music to play on this radio show. That's right. And uh, people ask us, they say... Derriers. Exactly. What is Americana music? Well, that's a good question. And there are a lot of definitions. But ours is a really good answer. Well, ours is uh, that it's music that has distinctive American roots. Exactly. And so having said that, it could be gospel. It could be swing. It could be big band. It could rock and roll. Uh, Hip hop. Hip hop is good. Yeah. It could be, uh, did we already say uh, classical? Not yet. Not yet. But you just did. It could be heavy metal. It could be Cajun. It could be salsa. I like going back to heavy metal. (laughs) (laughs) It could be all those. It could be all those. And many more. And many, many more. Right. And uh, the format of the show is that uh, each of us shows up each week with a virtual pocket full of tunes that we have not yet disclosed to the other guy. That's key. We do not talk about this in advance. Right. And we parse them out one at a time. And and we take starting we do and i think i started last week you did so you're up i am and i got a great song to start out with man this is going to kick us off uh high speed a guy by the name of buck reed okay he is an incredible steel guitar player um he's born and raised in sandy creek which is upstate new york and uh, he had moved to, to detroit and a friend of his a guitarist named uh, Vern pilder told him about a job opening in Nashville with this new country singer named John Anderson. Okay, John Anderson. All right, now we're talking. So he made a few phone calls, which was kind of an audition. Um, Well, actually, the audition consisted of riding around with the band for a few days to see if everybody could get along. (laughs) Okay. Well, I like that. (laughs) Well, that's important. Yeah, that makes sense. And he was offered the job. He moved to Nashville in 1982. So he then toured with John for eight years. Then he went on tour with people like... um, Rob Crosby, Martin Del Rey, Bailey and the Boys, Cheely Wright, uh, Keith Urban and the Ranch, you know, Sting, um, you know, a bunch of different groups. Right. Um, oh, here's Sawyer Brown, Leanne Rimes, Dirks Bentley. But he, right now, he's currently approaching his 18th year with Lyle Lovett in his large band. Oh, I love the large band. Yeah. So he's been in good company for quite some time. Uh, this song just kicks it okay and it's like his kind of his uh, signature tune so let's hear buck reed from the album a work in progress alabama jubilee
Whoa. Whoa. What was that? That's some kind of big finish, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Well. well, okay, way to kick it off, Roger. Yeah, that gets the blood pumping, Leo. Boy, I guess so. Okay, so what do you got to follow that up I, with? I've got somebody I've been having. You know how it is, Roger. We go through and we... we Pick up songs. We wait for the time. You know, yeah, it where, has where, to be the right. Where does situation. it fit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where does it fit? And uh, so I've had this particular tune in my pocket for a while here. Uh, this is this is Lucinda Gale Williams. Yeah, All right, Lucinda Williams. And uh, actually, she was born in um, January twenty sixth of nineteen fifty three, uh, and she is uh, an incredible person. Uh, her, she got her start in music basically in the folk arena and kind of working her way through. You know. Uh, you work with relationships and you work with different people along the way. But uh, she was born in Lake, Char- Lake Charles, Louisiana. Okay. And you can really hear that in her, in her music, the songs she writes and the way she sings. Uh, but her, uh, her father uh, was a literature uh, professor, and um, he was also an amateur pianist and everything. So she had music in her, in her family uh, while she was growing up. But she never graduated from high school. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, she was accepted into the University of Arkansas anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know how that worked, but that's what, yeah. the, that's what it said in the Special bio. Special dispensation by the governor. I guess so, you know. Get, <laughs> get this girl on stage at any cost. Wow. Uh, but she started writing when she was like six years old, and, and she had, um, she had all, just a natural talent for it. But um, she, uh, her first appearance, apparently, was when she was like six years old. Uh, and just got up and did it, and was, just felt natural about it. Wow. Uh, anyway, she uh, she came, he, she really broke through in '98, 1998, uh, with an album called Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. That particular album is on my permanent playlist in the car. Wow. I like to listen to that one. It's a really good one. Uh, but it kind of fused um, that whole thing she had going with the rock and the blues and the country and Americana. Right, sure. Uh, into a distinctive style that remained consistent and commercial in sound. So uh, it includes the uh, Grammy, Grammy-nominated track "Can't Let Go," which is w- w- a yeah. big hit for her. You know, you bet it was. But here's the thing: I'm got the, the song I'm going to feature. Uh, also, uh, is another favorite compilation CD. It came out in 1999, and this was a tribute to Graham Parsons. Okay. Where a bunch of people got together and took various of his songs and, and produced it into a single. And I, I recommend that as listening. That is a, a wonderful project. Uh, but she uh, did a duet on this um, with, uh, with none other than uh, uh, David Crosby uh, from oh, wow. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And uh, it's, it's just a really, really cool tune. Uh, but you got to get a listen with the whole thing here, and it's called um, the, the album is called Return of the Grievous Angel, and this is the title track. Won't you scratch my head, sweet Annie Rich, and welcome me back to town? Come out on your porch, step into your parlor. I tell you how it all went down.
Great stuff, Leo. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. I mean, I think it's back to you. We're going to jump into some smooth jazz mm-hmm. and some kind of hot jazz. Okay. So, um, I so can't you, tell if you're pulling my chain or not. I, I, I like the fact that you can't tell. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, I like uh, accordion music. Yeah. I like uh, yodeling. Yeah. I also like vibraphone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I really like. I, I like those guys that play that stuff. I'm trying to put it all together in my head. So, okay. Okay. So this is a guy that uh, his name is Steve Shapiro. Okay. Right? He's born in 1963. Um, he has recorded and performed with people like Steely Dan, Phil Collins, Whitney Houston. Uh, they might be giants. Uh, giant Spyro Gyra. So um, he's played with a lot all, of people. All over he's the place. Played yeah. Out a bunch. He's also a producer and arranger for the Walt Disney Company and Pixar Animation Studios, so he does a lot of that. Um, he has released five recordings, and most of them with Nashville guitarist Pat Bergeson. Okay. Remember a few shows ago, I had Pat Bergeson um, on with another uh, person. I uh, can't think of her name right now. But anyway, um, he's, a, he's a tremendous guitarist and harmonica player, so he's, uh, there, it's a great mix. So 
other people they have on on the, this album, uh, Mark Johnson is playing uh, bass. Yep. Accordionist Will Barrow, saxophonist Scott Kreitzer, and uh, man, this is just fun stuff. Let's give it a listen. It's from the uh, the uh, album Backward Compatible. Steve Shapiro and Pat Bergeson. I'll take the soup.
<laughs> the end. That's cool jazz right there, baby. That is pretty slick. Yeah. That's not what I expected. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah, that'll oh. teach you not to trust me. <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> hey, I think we're about out of time for we this segment. We are. We need to take a little break here. Uh, we need to go out and police the area. Police the area. Tomorrow's Clean up. moving day. That's I, right. Grab that tire gauge. Got to check the tire. That, that left, left or inside, inside duel. duel. That's a problem. That's our nemesis. Okay. Well, we'll be back here pretty quick here on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. We are back. Yeah. And this week we are broadcasting from the Shady Grove RV Park right here in Minooka, Illinois. Minooka, Illinois. Yeah, it was quite a haul from Washington, but we made it in fine shape. We drove all night. Yeah, we did. But we did. we got here. Yeah, we got here. It's, it's all good. Fine. Yeah, we yeah. got here. It's fine. Seems like a nice town. Well, it is. It's a, I, I was checking. You know, I like to learn about these little towns when we go to them. It turns out this place was established as a place. It was established, I think they said it was actually, yeah, established as a place. Okay. All right. Uh, and in, in 1852, when the railroad was built up through here, right? Okay. And it wasn't until it was incorporated in, in like 1869, which is still a long time ago, as a uh, village, right? Okay. And uh, you're going to love this. It says the name Manuka. Right. Right. It's an Indian word. Oh, yeah? What's it mean? It means help. There's a hog in my kitchen. No, it doesn't. Oh, you're right. It doesn't. It actually does have a translation, though. I'd like to hear it. Yeah. You want to hear the real one? No, uh-huh. you already heard the fake one. It, the, the real one is called, uh, it's an Indian word meaning maple forest or good earth. Oh, that's nice. Well, those are nicer names than the one I made up. Of course. But we're only 45 mi- miles from downtown Chicago. We're so. 45 miles away from trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we best stay here. You know, there's no parking places in Chicago. <laughs> Not for an RV. <laughs> Not for an <laughs> <laughs> Well, people ask us, they say, Derriers, exactly why is it that you travel across this great country of ours in your RV and uh, see all these great places and play this great music? Well, the point is that all of our compadres on this radio station, they have these things called ranches. ranches. So they never leave home. You well, know? they do their show from the comfort of their ranch. I'm thinking maybe yeah. they have recliners. And I think probably recliners. Recliners, yeah. 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 So, uh, for instance, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rock and Diamond R Ranch in the Dos Cabezas Mountains. We like to say in Dos Cabezas. Yeah, I used to not be able to say it, but no, now I can. Now we I can say it. Dos Cabezas. Well, I can only say you it You thought once. you could say it, yeah. I can say it once. Okay. Alan Bailey has the Swinging Gate Ranch. Absolutely. Tennessee Jim, the Diamond W Ranch on the edge of the Kansas Foothills. Never been invited. Right. right. Uh, uh, Orrin Friesen has the Rock and Banjo Ranch. We've been there. Uh, and we have got, you know what? What? We kind of, we actually have decided we do have a we ranch. We do have a ranch. And we roam our range. Right. Uh, in our RV. And her name is? Ryan Yes, we call her Rosie. Rosie for short, yes. Yeah, so uh, she's great. You know that the nice thing about our, uh, our range? I do know what our, our ranch. Is Rosie a, is a ranch without, without fences. fences. Yeah. Yes, yes. We go wherever we want to. And wherever we want, yeah. and we do. And we like that. We do like that. All right. Well, Leo, uh, you know what? I think you are up. I am going to reach back into my high school days to pull up a song that I liked a lot when it came out in 1966. Oh, I thought it was a Gregorian chant, possibly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not that far back. Okay. It's a, my, my other life. <laughs> my previous life. Nice of you to come back. This, <laughs> this was, a, like I said, it was in 1966, and a guy named Bob Lind. 
Ah, uh, yes. And, uh, you know, of course, the song I'm going to play is Elusive Butterfly. Of course. Right? What a great His tune. Big one. Yeah, now, listen, i got to tell you the truth. I always kind of wrote him off as a one-hit wonder, mm -hmm. you know. But I was really wrong. I mean, the guy had quite a career, and he had, uh, he had more songs in him than, than just that. Uh, but in, he, was, um, he was born in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Okay. His, his parents divorced when he was like five years old. His mother remarried, and his stepfather was in the Air Force. Uh, so he traveled around for some years, but and then he settled in Denver, Colorado. Oh, good. And that's pretty much yeah, and that's pretty much where he where he grew up, and he became interested in folk music while he was a student at uh, Western State College, uh, out there in Gunnison, Colorado. And he just he loved it so much he just gave it up and he gave up school and said that's it I'm a musician from here on out wow so he uh, and listen how many how many times has this name come up Liberty Records heck yeah that keeps coming into our conversation a lot yep and uh, he signed a, a recording contract with Liberty um, and it was a subsidiary of uh, World Pacific no it was I think World Pacific Records was a subsidiary of Atlantic something like that anyway but here's the, here's the thing he, he had this song right and he was also a big hit in Europe uh, with some of his stuff that was going on. Now, so he released Elusive Butterfly. Now listen, the single might have done even better. It, it went to like number five or four on the yeah, charts. Yeah, it was really popular. Really popular. And it might have done even better on the UK singles chart had there not been competition from established Irish recording artist, a guy named Val Dunican or something. <laughs> he released a cover version of the song at exactly the same time wow. as Bob Lind released his, his version of it. Crazy. It is crazy. They both did pretty well, as it turns out. But anyway, wow. later in his career, uh, he w he had problems with drugs and alcohol, and uh, he got a reputation of uh, you know quote end quote hard to work with, difficult kind of a guy. Right. Um, and so he just he gave it up. He just quit drinking completely in 1977. Never touched another drop after that. So he went on and just kept recording. And here's another name that keeps coming up. Uh, he returned to music in 2004 when, at, at the urge of, uh, of his good friend Arlo Guthrie, um, he played the Guthrie Center in Beckett, Massachusetts. I'll be darned. And he's been recording and everything since then, so he's still out there. And so, uh, but anyway, I just love this song, and you and I have a kind of a special relationship with this song. Oh, yeah. We've been doing it for a few years. Let's just give it a listen. This is Bob Lynn from 1966 doing Elusive Butterfly. You might wake up some morning. To the sound of something moving past your window in the wind And if you're quick enough to rise You'll catch the fleeting glimpse of someone's fading shadow Out on the new horizon You may see the floating motion of a distant pair of wings and if the sleep has left your ears You might hear footsteps running through an open meadow Don't be concerned, it will not harm you It's only me pursuing something I'm not sure of Across my dreams, with nets of wonder I chase the bright elusive butterfly you might have heard my footsteps Echo softly in the distance Through the canyons of your mind I might have even called your name As I ran searching after something to believe in You might have seen me running 
through the long abandoned ruins of the dreams you left behind If you remember something there that glided past you Followed close by heavy breathing Don't be concerned, it will not harm you It's only me pursuing something I'm not sure of Across my dreams With nets of wonder I chase the bright elusive butterfly of love Gotta love it, man. Oh, that's a great tune. That I is a great tune. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Good pick, Leo. Okay, uh, let's see. I think it's back to you now. It is. Uh, and I'm really excited about this. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to call this segment uh, Story of a Song. Okay. Okay. So, um, I've always been fascinated with the song Stardust. Okay. Okay. And and here's the thing. You know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, musicians, songwriters, you know, they get this inspiration and they everything comes to them in a rush and they write the song down and it's done and it's perfect. Right. Well, um, if you talk to people that are, you know, experienced songwriters, they'll tell you it's a craft. Okay. And, you know, they it, you work on it and you work on it. And we've talked about the great songwriting teams over the years, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Exactly. And how they just pumped out songs. Okay, so there's a formula and all that type of thing. So, anyway, uh, now, if anybody is keeping track, yes, we have already covered Hoagie Carmichael, but this is really about the song. All righty. Not so much him. No, nope, I get have, it. We do have to talk to him to talk about it, about him. So, uh, he was born in uh, 1899. He attended Indiana University uh, to become a lawyer. Okay. While he was there, he de developed a taste for jazz. Mm-hmm. And he had a band, and they were gigging all the time. Wow. Right? So uh, he got his Bachelor of Laws in 1926. And of course, now he had been writing music during this time and all that, you know, while they're playing. He moved to Florida, but he couldn't pass the bar in Florida. So I, I've had trouble passing bars myself. Well, yeah, exactly. So he moved back to Indiana, where he did pass the bar exam, and he went to work for a law firm. Uh, but at that time, then in 1927, a guy by the name of Red Nichols, he had a recording of Carmichael's original Washboard Blues. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a hit. And Hoagie said, "Heck with that! I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a songwriter." <laughs> so um, one night, uh, now there's the story about the book nook. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it was a place right off campus. And he after he left the book book nook, he whistled what would become the opening of the song. Really? Right. Okay. So he, he later declared he felt the tune had something very strange and different on it. So listen to this. He worked out the details with different pianos, including one at the book nook. And um, according to Ernie Pyle, a pal of his, he did further work at his family, Carmichael's family home. And he visited him then one day and he said, hey, play me that song that you're working on. And so he played it. And uh, Hoagie said, look, he said, don't, don't 
tell anybody about this conversation about me playing for it. He said, because the public likes to think that these sweet songs are conceived under the moonlight amid roses and soft breezes. <laughs> right? No, he's right. So he finished the details of the composition on a grand piano that was later thrown away because of its poor state. <laughs> That's the romance, right? There you go. Okay, so he finally worked out all the details of the song with his band, and he booked a recording session with Janet Records for October 31st. 1927. Halloween. There you go. No, October 31st. Yeah, you're right. So he had not written out any sheet music, so he had to uh, he had to whistle the tune to the guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, everybody got it? Okay, roll tape. So, um, <laughs> so the recording featured the song at a medium, fast, jazzy tempo. And uh, so, so let's give a listen to this first recording of it, 1927. one thing missing what's that lyrics okay he didn't write lyrics and words and words too yeah so uh after the recording session he got a one-sided pressing of stardust from the studio and then he left indiana in 1928 to go to work for mills music as a composer <laughs> you know uh, they did that they had shops and they had all these composers doing music but he had this one in his pocket well the uh first manuscript for this song was deposited at the united states copyright office on january 5 1928 the sheet music featured a tune in the key of D with no indication of tempo and no lyric. Mm. Okay? So another guy that worked for Mills uh, Music was a guy named Dod Don Redman. And he played the song uh, a, a lot uh, with his band. And it was an up-tempo version, much like uh, Hoagie. So let's listen to that. This is from 1928. <laughs> Really different, yeah. yeah. So uh, after hearing Redmond's rendition of it, one of the company arrangers suggested playing the song at a slower tempo, tempo and in a sentimental style. Um, Irving Mills, who yep. owned the company, he felt that this song could be a potential success, so he decided the song should have lyrics added. <laughs> That's when this happened. What a okay? thought. In, in 1928. So he assigned lyricist Mitchell Parrish 
to add the word, add the words to Carmichael Stardust. Now, um, later on, there were a lot of um, uh, collaboration between these two guys on songs. Okay, so the sheet music for the vocal composition was published on May 10th, 1929. It established the structure of the song as a 32-bar chorus with the tune in a key of C. Okay. okay instead of, and instead of the traditional A-A-B-A form, this featured an A-B-A-C form. So it's just a little different mm -hmm. in, in, as the song is. So um, while Carmichael worked for RCA Records, he went to work for RCA Records uh, as a jazz ensemble leader. Okay, journalist Walter Winchell promoted the song. Oh, wow. Okay? Okay. So you know that name. Yeah. So, um, so Walter Winchell was writing about it. So a guy by the name of Isham Jones um, read that, and he goes, oh, man, I need to record that song. So he <laughs> recorded it with his orchestra as a slow ballad. Uh -huh. And his session took place in May of 1930 in Chicago, and Brunswick Records released it in 1931. And it became one of his most popular recordings. Now, this is from 1931, still no lyrics. <laughs> This was released, uh, Isham Jones was released in 31, early in 31. In August 31, a 28-year-old Bing Crosby released his rendition on Brunswick Records also. Uh -huh. And I believe this is the first version recorded with, with lyrics. Let's give it a listen. <laughs> Purple dusk of twilight time steals across the meadows of my heart. High up in the sky, the little stars climb, always reminding me that we're apart. You wander down the lane and far away, leaving me a song that will not die. Love is now the stardust of yesterday, the music of the years gone by. Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely night. Well, that's cool. So now it's taking shape. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. It's a song that we're familiar with, right? Absolutely. So by 1935, radio announcers generally credit the orchestra only. But the song was so popular that they credited Hoagie Car Carmichael on Stardust, uh -huh. which is kind of cool. In 1936, for the first time in its history, RCA Records pressed two versions of the same song on two different artists on a single record. Really? And it was Stardust, Tommy Dorsey on one side, and Tommy Dorsey did um, uh, used a, uh, a vocal version with Edith Wright on the vocals, and then Benny Goodman on the other side, and he used an instrumental arrangement uh, by Fletcher Henderson. So um, um, Goodman remarked that this tune had become the, the most popular dance tune in his repertoire. Wow. So um, 
the song's been re you know recorded over 1500 times by everybody yep yep you know we don't have to go through that list so um i found a, a really cool version of hoagie carmichael doing this song it was uh, in from 1950 i think it's just got a great fill and, and a good way to close out and uh, thanks for your tolerance on this. It, it was a fun. No, this is fun, it. man. This okay. is great. Yeah, learning something here. All right. Well, let's give this one a listen, and then we'll be done with it. Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely night dreaming of a song. The melody haunts my reverie And I am once again with you When our love was new And each kiss an inspiration Oh, but that was long ago Now my consolation is in the stardust of Beside a garden wall When stars are bright You are in my arms The nightingale Tells his fairy tale Of paradise where roses grew Though I dream in vain It will remain My stardust melody The memory of love's refrain It's it's really interesting to me to see that progression and oh know, absolutely that's that, that's really cool man well I, that's great Rod well I think I pretty much burned up our time I in this segment we need to take a little break we do need to take a break <laughs> I got to go catch my breath that's right <laughs> all right well um I, I, well this is the Americana Roadshow isn't it it most certainly is and it's right here on Truckers Radio USA. <laughs> Look out! We're backing up. We're backing up. Because that's what we do. We we we, we back up. We are the derriers. We're the derriers. Yeah, we back up. So uh, you know, we like to use this part of the show to uh, recommend that people go to our websites. All of them. All of them. Right. And uh, and check out all the Facebooks. All the and all the uh, all the internets. All the internets. All yeah. over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can find this show at thederrieres.com. Com. And we have a personal band page as well. We do. Uh, called threetrailswest.com with the number three. Of course. Right. And if you want to get directly to us, of course, you can go right to our uh, emails. 
And that is, uh, for me, Roger, no D, at thederrieres.com. And mine is Leo, also no D, at thederrieres.com. That's right. Right. So uh, if you go to our website, the other thing you can do, go to the Americana Roadshow tab, and you can download any of our past episodes and listen to them at your leisure. Right. As our good buddy Mike Carr says, go nowheres without the derriers. Yeah. And so there's like 45 of them in there yeah, now. That'll get you clear across the country. And that. back. Oh, yeah, God. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. So, Leo, uh, I ended up with uh, what I did, and now it's your turn, I think. But that's kind of hard to follow. Well, no, it was fun. That it was, was really great information, you know. It's, it's always been one of my favorite songs. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's one of the great American songs. And, you know, the one we listened to most was Nat King Cole. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was just a beautiful song. Everybody did a great job with that one. All right. Well, what do you got? I've got something. Um, this is somebody I was quite enamored with. And again, I underestimated this person and their legacy. Okay. Um, her full name was, I don't know if I could pronounce the whole thing, Melanie Ann Safka Shersik. Wow. Yeah, I know. Everybody just called her Melanie for well, obvious Melanie, reasons. Of course. For obvious reasons. Yeah. She, she was born in 1947 in uh, Queens, New York. Uh-huh. Okay. And she's really something, man. I mean, everybody knows her for, you know, uh, I've got a brand new roller skate. you got mm-hmm. a brand new. Which, by the way, that particular song was not played by a lot of top 40 radio stations because they thought that it was sexual innuendo. Oh, my. Between the roller skates and the key, you know. Go figure. Go figure. But she also had, you know, uh, she did a cover of Ruby Tuesday. But you know, those same places were playing Louie Louie. That's right. Okay, go ahead. They thought that was just awful. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. Uh, No, that wasn't an interruption. That was just like an addition. Uh, She also had a big song that was, uh, What Have They Done to My Song? Uh You know, Ma. And um, she had, and of course, uh, she had a big breakthrough hit in 1970 uh, called Lay Down. Okay. All right. And it was kind of a, it was interesting because the song was written about, uh, it, the, the subtitle of that song is Candles in the Rain. All right. Okay. Well, she apparently, she was one of only three female singers who did a solo at Woodstock, which oh, is pretty, seriously? yeah, it's pretty interesting. And um, that song was written about uh, Candles in the Rain, which she thought the people were candles in the audience. It was probably like lighters and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. matches, but whatever. Uh, she made a, a great story of it. Uh, but she uh, she had a lot of interesting things that happened uh, along the way. Uh, not one of which was um, that she was the only um, entertainer who um, showed up to actually entertain at a festival that was banned before it even was even started. Wow! It was called the Powder Ridge uh, Rock Festival. It was scheduled to be held on July 31st uh, in uh, 1970. And they, 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 they had been such a bad reputation with festivals during that time. Gordon Woodstock was, you know, a big blowout. Oh, boy. And Altamont, uh, you know, there were some uh, tragic things that happened there. And they said, nope, we're not going to have this festival. But 30,000 people showed up anyway. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> but she, seriously, uh, they, they, they were trying to stop it. They were stopping people from bringing stuff in. You know, wow. and people were trying to sneak amplifiers and stuff. So she ended up playing uh, on a homemade stage uh, that was powered by uh, Mr. Softy trucks. <laughs> so wow. then, parked their trucks. And she got up there. And yeah, you can plug it in here. Just plug it in here. <laughs> Oh, man. I love the collaboration. The more I dug on her, the more stuff I found. She's still at it, man. She's an incredible player. So, but anyway, I like this one because it's such a big production number. And uh, it's called Lay Down from 1970. Lay down, lay down. 
Epic right there. Yeah, it is. Boy, that brings back memories. And, the, and she's being backed up here by the Edwin Hawkins Singers. Wow. And they deserve a slot of their own on this show at some time. Oh, yeah. But that. Yeah, that was quite, quite a deal there. So, all right. Back to you, Raj. Well, from the Department of uh, Cute and Possibly Disturbing, <laughs> uh, I present uh, Patience and Prudence. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get to this, and I think we might as well just jump in. So, Patience and Prudence McIntyre, uh, they were the daughters of um, Mark McIntyre, who was an orchestra leader and worked with St. Uh, Frank Sinatra in the 40s. Okay. okay. So he was really connected. So, um, hey, honey, go meet Uncle Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so they studied piano, learned to read music as, as children. And in the summer of 1956, their, their father, Mark, brought 11-year-old Prudence and 14-year-old Patience into, guess, I wonder what a record studio, Liberty Records yes, thank. Studio in Los Angeles. So they made a demo, a demo of the song, Tonight You Belong to Me, which had been a hit for Gene Austin in 1927, and they signed him and immediately released the recording, and um, and it went to number four on the Billboard. Oh, wow. Charts. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I mean, but it was uh, an era. You know? uh, yeah. I mean, it was cute and all that kind of stuff, so it was one of those things. So um, they, uh, it, it, it was the biggest selling record put out by Liberty for two years. You know, Liberty kind of waned and they did. relaxed, you know. Yeah. So it was a really good, sold over one million copies and reached gold record status. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. So um, anyway, uh, they did some other type of things. They appeared on the Perry Como show. Uh, in 1978, they re reunited to appear on a Dick Clark television feature, and they stated that they both didn't want to be performers in the first place, and that their success was just an accident. They also stated that their father didn't want them to be in the spotlight for personal reasons, so he declined all of their television and commercial offers, which prevented both of the girls from furthering their professional music career. But they didn't want to be performers in the first place. He brought them into the studio. <laughs> No, Daddy, I don't want to go. I want to play with my dolls. 
<laughs> so apparently, both Patience and Prudence uh, currently live in Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. So uh, I didn't pick that song, but another one that's uh, pretty uh, familiar. And it's Patience and Prudence doing Gonna Get Along Without You Now.
think there's any other way to get out of patience and prudence. <laughs> yeah, we've said enough. Oh, man. Yeah. So that was Tim Thompson uh, doing that Flintstones theme. You know, uh, the Flintstones theme always comes up during the jam session. It, it does. And that's yeah. solo guitar for crying Yeah, man, out just him. Uh, thanks to, big thanks to Dave Irwin for that suggestion. And, and matter of fact, I didn't t- say it earlier, but he also gave us that Steve Shapiro, I'll take the soup one. Oh, man. Uh, man, he's, he's a pal. And he has great ideas. And you know what? What? We're out of time. time. Yeah. Man, the, the time has just flown by. Boy, literally. Oh, look at the time. So, uh, you know, we need to uh, we need to figure out where we're going. Oh, first of all, let's see. Oh, geez, whose uh, turn is it? To you do get what? the map. I get the map. Yeah, you get the map. Oh, so man. In the closet. We're going to have to stop at a Texaco and see if we get a new map because this one is. <laughs> look at this thing. Oh, God. Okay. Well, it's still holding together. Okay. There it goes. Up on okay. the wall. Oh, okay. Now, okay. get the dog. I thought of a name for that map. What? I'll strain the soup. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let me get the dart. Get, get, the, get, get the dart. Spoon drawer, right? Okay, yeah, no, uh, the other one. Second spoon drawer. There you go. Okay, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I got it. Got, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. okay. All right. So now, you got to uh, spin around three times. Let me get the circle. Okay. Here we go. You ready? One, two, three. Throw the dart. Throw the dart. Oh. Oh, wow. We went central. And um, Oklahoma? Kind of Southeast, where uh, Kiowa, Oklahoma, Kiowa, Kiowa. Yeah, there's a Shady Grove RV park there. You gotta be kidding me. I, that's what it says. I bet you've got less than ten thousand people. I bet you're right. <laughs> they all do. Whew, what a fun show, Leo. This, this has been a little breathtaking. Yeah. So uh, I guess we gotta pack things up and get on the road tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big day. We gotta yeah. be moving out of here. So we'll be back again next week uh, with the Americana Road Show right here on. Truckers Radio, USA. And look out behind you. It's the Darien.